Hello and welcome to Stuck in the 90s. We are your weekly nostalgia podcast chronicling the years 1990 through 1999. We've been doing this for a while now. I don't even have to look at the thing anymore. We're your hosts. My name is probably Chris Elphick. And I'm still Connor Thompson. I thought you were going to slow play that whole thing. Oh God, that would have been been bad. We'd still be here. Yeah, we would. Uh, Let's see what we're doing this week. It is our 36th episode. We are... We're, like, getting through this year. We're getting there. Do you want to lead it off? Apparently, you should be leading it off. Okay, yeah, I guess uh, I guess that's appropriate. We're switching things up. All right, I like it. We are doing September 3rd through 9th in 1994, and I guess I'm going to lead off with September 3rd. A little, a little TV show came out today called VR Troopers. It lasted, like, a year, but I was super into it. Do you remember that show at all? Oh, yeah, it was, like, the second best Power Rangers knockoff next to Beetleborgs. That is sadly very accurate. Yeah, yeah, it was, and that's a very good description of it. It was another Saban show where they just took footage of a, a Japanese show and then, you know, put a bunch of white people in it. Love it. Yeah, uh, there were McDonald's toys for this, and I had their, whatever their equivalent was to a morpher, whatever made them from regular teenagers into the VR troopers. It was some kind of necklace, and I remember in the second grade duct taping itself, or duct taping it closed and around myself and i wore it for several months until there was like a little mini intervention that i so i would take it off that's messed up it is i feel like have i talked about that before i don't think so i didn't know you duct taped something to yourself what about cleaning how did like it probably just got it probably got wet and dry and like really gross well i mean it was plastic so yeah but like the tape it would get all like grungy and stuff yeah it was probably not a good thing that is nasty all right Moving on to September 4th, Six held 660 pounds of cocaine seized at Desert Airport. 666. This is one out of California. About 660 pounds of cocaine bound for New York was seized on a private jet at Bermuda Dunes Airport and six people were arrested, a U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration spokesman said Saturday. The cocaine, worth about $30 million, was found aboard a Learjet preparing to take off Friday night from a small airport, uh, said Ralph Lockridge of the DEA's L.A. office. The seizure foiled an effort to open a new smuggling route in Southern California's desert uh, resort region, according to local authorities. Five years later, the first Coachella Valley Music and Arts Festival would take place. Are they related? Coincidence? I think not. We've cracked a case. Oh, wait, no, it is. It is a, yeah, no, not a coincidence. This is, yep. All all lines of cocaine lead to Coachella. It's like all roads lead to Rome. Wow. If you make a line of cocaine long enough. Okay. September 5th. <laughs> In non-cocaine related news, Aladdin the Animated Series was a thing that happened today. It Boo. started. Yeah. I mean, who cares? No. Aladdin didn't do any cocaine. Probably. Yeah. Something street. I mean, he was he was like a street dweller. That's so you would have to dabble. Now, Coke's like, expensive. It, but do you think he like dabbled in it like not like doing it but you know if he found a bag you think he'd try to offload it 
I mean, maybe. Yeah. That is a thing the street... Like, this is the dark underbelly of Aladdin. Yeah. Like, he had to beg, borrow, and steal in order to survive. You're telling me Aladdin didn't... Didn't like, dabble in some substances at, at least he like, came across it? Like, selling it? Trading he, it? You oh, know? he probably hawked some cocaine in his day. You know, like, hey, I'll give you this eight ball if you give me this loaf of bread. Whatever. The seedy underbelly of Agrabah. Yeah. And that's... A, like, you've heard the uh, the conspiracy theory or the theory about Aladdin that it actually takes place far in the future. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty great. That, though. like, Agrabah is, like, a, a bastardization of, like some current locations and it would explain why the genie who's been trapped for 10,000 years seems to have an uncanny knowledge of early 90s <laughs> pop culture specifically television references so it adds up also today a man held an attempt to hire an arsonist oh good yes Disregarding the lives of hundreds of people who live above a fabric store in Upper Manhattan, the owner of a business tried to hire a man to set fire to the shop, apparently to collect on his insurance, fire officials said. Fire officials. That Classic. is a great job title. Louis M. Martinez's arson scheme was thwarted when fire officials, who had been tipped off about his plan, sent an undercover fire marshal to meet with him, posing as an arsonist, said Elbert Washington, a fire department spokesman. Mr. Martinez, 53, of Sherman Avenue, Manhattan, was arrested yesterday and charged with attempted arson and conspiracy to commit arson and insurance fraud. This is terrible. Yeah, that's pretty shitty. Obviously, if you're going to commit insurance fraud in a fabric store, you release moths. Fabricland. Fabricland. This podcast is not brought to you by Fabricland. Fuck, but get on board, Fabricland. We're fans. September 6th. Flying umbrella cuts Delaware governor. <laughs> a windblown beach umbrella smacked Governor Thomas R. Carper in the head, <laughs> opening a gash that needed, holy shit, 14 stitches. That's a pretty serious. That is a lot of stitches. We shouldn't be laughing at this. I mean, no, hey, this he's, is, he's fine. This so. is hilarious. Yeah. The umbrella, yanked from the sand by strong winds, went hurtling along the shore Friday, grazing the neck of Carper's four-year-old son, Benjamin, before hitting the governor on his forehead. Sunbathers went to help Carper, as did Beach Patrol members who applied a cold compress. Martha Carper drove her husband to get medical attention. So no mention of the four-year-old, but we're assuming it didn't slash his throat. <laughs> that'd be uh, that'd be kind of serious. Can and you imagine, imagine if they just sort of glazed over that, just glossed it over? <laughs> Kid died, but the governor was okay. Yeah. Governor's like, son mysteriously had his your, throat slashed. You're walking down the beach and an umbrella pops loose smacks you in the forehead and cuts you for 14 stitches that is yeah that's serious that that's being great. said they probably uh you know those mid-90s umbrellas probably higher quality than what we've got now sharper edges yes the sharpest <laughs> edges we're just possible. making shit up now i mean hey making shit up is uh most what of makes what the we world do goes around yep what makes the world go round i need to enunciate more words are hard september 7th the Reader's Digest version of CD-ROM. Not the CD-ROM or a CD-ROM, just CD-ROM. Okay. Reader's Digest, one of the biggest names in publishing and a standard bearer for the world of print, with more than 28 million copies of the monthly magazine sold worldwide, is going interactive. The Pleasantville, New York-based publishing empire said Tuesday that it is joining with the Microsoft Corporation to develop home computer programs in the CD-ROM format. Based on its Reader's Digest books. This sounds tedious. A little bit. The first multimedia title is scheduled for release in the second half of 1995. Jesus, that's like a year from now. <laughs> and will be based on information and illustrations from selected Reader's Digest reference book, the publisher said in a statement. 
Wow. The wide world of computers. Fuck, CD-ROM. It's so exciting that Reader's Digest is finally taking a trip on the information superhighway. Yeah. I mean, and actually not even, because it's just a CD-ROM. They're not even wise to the internet yet in 1994. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and... That makes sense. Yeah. September 8th. This story is called All Fired Up, and it is a good one. Son's derelict car in yard finally meets its match. Mother, still hot under the collar, spends night in jail. There's a lot going on here. That was all the title, and there are a fuck ton of semicolons. Yeah, that's a big old title. Dolores Zarley had a familiar problem. Her son had left a terrible mess. But it was not in his room. It was all over the front yard of her home in Whittier? Whittier? Whiter. Whiter. It's probably one of those other things. So the problem in this gem of a town, of course, was a collection of rusted out trucks, cars, and vans on that front yard. There was one that especially bothered her, a wheelless, windowless, engineless, 14-year-old Volkswagen rabbit spray-painted with such slogans as Hell No Good and Nobody Cares. Nobody cares is a very '90s phrase. Also, I oh, like just I like hell, it. Hell, no good. I don't know what that means. I guess hell, hell's no bad. good. Yeah. yeah. Zarly said that for the umpteenth time, she asked her forty holy shit forty year old son Kurt Wilson to clean up his junk, and while he was at it, to clear out. This guy's a fuck. Clean up and clear out. Once again, she said her son refused. So Zarly came up with an unfamiliar solution. She struck a match and tossed it onto one of the seats in the Volkswagen. I just wanted to make a point, she explained Wednesday, half an hour after her release from jail, where she had spent the night after her arrest on suspicion of arson. Zarly, who's 64, said she really did not feel much like talking about it. (laughs) So her 40-year-old freeloading shithead son not only is staying with his mom, but has littered her front lawn with, like, defunct cars and shit. So she takes a match, says, fuck you, throws it on her property on these shit cars and goes to jail for arson. Yeah. That's fantastic. This is the week of arson. I can just imagine this. Kurt, I tell you... You get these cars and you get your freeloading ass out my house. I swears to God, if you don't get out today, I'ma light these some bitches on fire. And she did. She really did. Yeah, amazing. This Where is a great at? week. This week is. This is the week of arson. This week is lit. Oh, I get see it. what you did. Fire there. jokes. Let's uh, let's finish things off with September 9th, the Super Nintendo SNES, Super oh, NES, yeah. anything but SNES version of Mortal Kombat 2 was released today with all the blood and fatalities left intact. This is the first major release of any Nintendo console at that point, any Nintendo console game at that point, to have such content. So if you're looking to pinpoint exactly when video games like went down the violent path that we all know and love today, this is it. This is yep. the point. September 9th, 1994. You're welcome. A great day. Great day in video gaming history. Please. Okay. Uh, also, ooh, one more point about the month. Uh, jump on that. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Ooh, this is this is this is very coincidental with our 90s news now as well it sure is we missed this by one day but uh, we're just gonna mention this this was i think on the 10th yep um the magic school bus and the tick both debuted uh this day uh the tick on fox kids um had probably been running ads probably for weeks now yeah leading up to this so i was probably pretty excited for the tick a I, lot of probably obviously we love the magic school bus oh, yeah, we've magic talked school about bus that before amazing. um 
I watched the take. Like, I remember enjoying the take as a kid. I loved the Sega game. Oh, yeah. I game. forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah, the Magic School Bus, for me, is the stronger of the two, uh, despite really liking the tick as well. Go and let's go. Let's we're, go. We're, dra- oh, we're drawing. We're moving forward. together in the 90s. So in 90s, 90s news hold on, now. Hold on. The Magic School Bus. Yeah. I had an interactive CD-ROM. Yeah. And it was the best. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to jump right ahead to 90s news now. 90s news now. Oh, okay. So just, the, I remember actually playing that interactive CD-ROM the at Magic School. Bus oh yeah, it was great. Yeah. It was the coolest. Okay. So that's, you wanted to tie back the CD-ROM thing. Oh yeah, I, I did. See. Yeah. So, uh, let's. We're getting there. Just jump into 90s news now and then we'll come back around for movies and music. Okay. So the last point about the tick is for those of you who don't know, oh yeah, the tick has returned on Amazon. I wrote Netflix because it's all the same now. It, I mean, that is, you know, that's a great thing about Netflix. They've kind of become the Kleenex of, Ooh, I would not of, the, be streaming, surprised yeah, of the streaming media if that world. Happens. How many, yeah, original series. I, um, Corey was saying that uh, he saw a trailer for Star Trek Discovery, the new Netflix show. That's CBS, uh, whatever their streaming app yep. is. I guess, yeah, another thing of 90s news now. I don't know if you saw this floating around Facebook, but there is a video of a, a time-lapse video of a guy constructing a replica jumanji board oh yeah i did see that that was super cool yeah the one on uh on facebook is only a couple minutes long i have the full if you just search up jumanji board replica you'll find the video maybe we'll link it on our facebook or something Mm -hmm. but it's i think about a 10 to 15 minute time lapse and it goes into really good detail and it is crazy the amount of skills that this guy has to create it woodworking molding um sculpting like everything is individualized everything like the smallest detail it's all like oh yeah little notches in it um he screen prints the the words like jumanji is a game for those looking to whatever Mm -hmm. uh i assume at some point he hand makes the little little figures as well the game pieces you don't see that in the video i don't think but i not that i remember but Um, he made them and they're magnetic too like oh it's super cool he puts a metal uh uh, underlay on the board so there's actually magnetic paths around the track and if you throw the pieces they kind of do that like you know magnetic thing yeah the sliding yeah very cool um oh one more point here Ooh. did you watch any of the trailers for the tick no it looks so hokey like I, it, the tick is hokey that's yeah. that's part of the fun of the character but there there's a point where tv i think is too cringy to watch Yep. For some people, that that mark is The Office. For some people, the I U.S. Mean, version of The Office. Yeah. For me, that mark is probably Nathan for you. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. I for mean, for I, me, I think the mark is the tick. I yeah. don't think I can watch this. It's too much. It's sad though, because like something like Nathan for you, I really like the premise and the concept, and Nathan Fielder is really funny. But I just can't watch the show. No, I can't it's do it too, either. It's, it's too cringy for me. It, yeah. I don't know about the tick. Uh, I really like the 2000 one with Patrick Warburton. Oh yeah, I remember that one. Yeah, that was that was pretty hokey, but it was it was real good. Okay, so let's move into movies and music. So this week in the box office is one of my favorites from 1994, Forrest Gump. Yeah, it is at number one after a remarkable ten weeks in the box office. That's pretty huge. Yeah. I just wanted to run through some really interesting trivia slash factoids about the movie itself. Some stuff that I think people know, um, but some stuff that's really interesting that I didn't know before diving into it. So the first one is, so when Forrest gets up to talk at the Vietnam rally in Washington and the microphone uh, plug is pulled, you can't hear him. But according to Tom Hanks, 
He said, Sometimes when people go to Vietnam, they go home to their mamas without any legs. Sometimes they don't go home at all. That's a bad thing. That's all I have to say about that. That was the speech. <laughs> yeah. That was it. Also. Okay, so there are two really interesting points about ping pong. The first is that when Forrest learns how to play ping pong in the infirmary, he's told to keep his eye on the ball by another soldier. After that moment, if you watch the movie and you see him playing ping pong, he never blinks. He just doesn't blink. Don't blink. There's no more blinking. But also, so when they were doing the filming for Forrest Gump, like Tom Hanks can play ping pong, but obviously like Forrest was on a national level. Like yeah, he traveled to level. China to play ping pong. The ping pong ball is CGI. That makes sense. I mean, you can you can probably do a lot of cool a, a lot of cool moves, a lot of cool shit when you're not actually having to worry about hitting the ball. When you're hitting an imaginary ball and it going back and forth to your opponent, that's that's a good way to do it. Well, I watched a, a video on how they actually did it in filming. They used a metronome. Okay, that makes sense. So, yeah. Clack. tick, yeah, tick, tick, yep. each on the... Man, we're talking about ticks a lot today. We are really talking a lot, a lot about ticks. Uh, Remember, but as summer the... comes to an end, be tick aware. Check yourself. That's another ticks. thing. Holy shit, there are a lot of ticks this summer. Yeah, that's something... At least that, in our neck of yeah, the woods. There's some 90s, or there's some thankfully not 90s. There weren't as many fucking ticks. Yeah, goddammit. Um, okay, so Bill Murray, John Travolta, and Chevy Chase all turned down the role for Forrest Gump, and Travolta later admitted that was a mistake. Could the rest you, of them probably thought it. Could you see any of them being no, I mean, Forrest Gump, though? Like, Chevy Chase, he wouldn't be nearly as likable. I don't think Bill Murray or Travolta would either. Yeah, I, Travolta would have, I think Travolta would have came closer. Yeah. He would have been the best out of those three, I think. Bill Murray is, he's, I mean, he's great in his own sense, but I don't see him in this role. And then Chevy Chase, the way you empathize with him in some of his movies just isn't how we do with Tom Hanks as Forrest Gump, I think. Agreed. On the other side of one of the most amusing movie friendships, David Alan Greer, Ice Cube, and Dave Chappelle <laughs> all turned down the role of Bubba. Ice Cube refused to play an idiot, and Chappelle thought the movie would bomb. Uh, Dave Chappelle, in this instance, has since admitted to deeply regretting not taking the role, and would eventually go on to play Tom Hanks' best friend in a different movie, You've Got Mail. Which also is, at the very tail end, a 90s movie. Yep, Tom Hanks, Meg Ryan, I think. Yep. All right. Two more things here. So the house that was used in Forrest Gump is the same house used in The Patriot, starring everyone's favorite person, I... Mel Gibson. I read this when you put it in here, yeah. but only when you say it. Does it click? Yeah, does, right? the, does the scenery and everything. They changed some of the paneling inside, but it's the same damn house. Shit. Right? Yeah. The last interesting point here... Uh, so Robin Wright, who played Jenny, but you may know her as Claire Underwood from House of Cards, uh, was sick with a cold while they were shooting the nightclub scene. This is the one where she's like naked playing guitar. They'd filmed this for pretty much almost 24 hours, literally an entire day, nonstop. She was naked holding a guitar and had a cold. What That's a so miserable way. Yeah. Um, to spend some business. time. Fuck. Right? Yeah, I guess that's about it. Uh, Forrest Gump. We've we've talked about that, I think, quite a bit on this show. Yeah, it's probably the last time you're going to hear it. I don't know. It'll come up again, I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's just such a good movie. There haven't been a lot of movies that really live up to... I don't know. There's just something about Forrest Gump. That could be a 90s movie itself. There's something about Forrest Gump starring Tom Hanks, Ben Stiller. Oh... That's nice. Uh, let's talk about music a little bit. We're probably going to keep this a little bit shorter than our talk about movies. 
Uh, I just want to talk about the current number one on the Canadian charts for albums. And it's been this way for five weeks. And that is the Lion King soundtrack. Yep. And I think, I don't know if I'm biased just because I like The Lion King. It's probably one of, if not my favorite Disney movie from the 90s. I think the soundtrack might be, might be the best. It's a goddamn excellent soundtrack. I know we've talked about it before, mm-hmm. but... Just the, I don't know, the teaming of, of Tim Rice and Elton John for some of, the, some of the music on this. I think the only one that even comes close to holding a candle. That, now, this is as a full album with multiple songs, not just one song, because almost every Disney movie from the 90s has that one iconic song. This has several. This really does. The only thing that comes close to this, I think, is Hercules. Yeah, I Hercules think I, has I think Go I agree the Distance and Zero to Hero, which are great. This has I Just Can't Wait to Be King and Can You Feel the Love Tonight, which are both. If you had to say what the defining song of Disney movies were, Little Mermaid, Part of Your World, Beauty and the Beast, Beauty and the Beast. I think Lion King has oh, cir- Circle of Life. Circle of Life. I just can't wait to can be, you feel oh, the be love prepared. Tonight. Even, oh, Hakuna Matata. Yeah, exactly. It's no, the, nothing, Now we're up to five. Yeah, nothing holds a candle to the just sheer number of great songs that the Lion King soundtrack does. Every Disney movie has that one song. This has five. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, no, the Lion King soundtrack is like one for the ages. Yeah. Clearly. I don't know if there's a more, I don't know, I don't want to say well-rounded, but like a, a movie soundtrack that has heavier hitters than this. Even something... That elicits such an emotional response. Yeah. Even something recent, like Frozen, has maybe two really hit songs as powerful as as big as something like um let it go was it still can't compare to just the powerhouse of music that the lion king soundtrack was yeah lion king crushed it it did uh that went way better than i thought i i had nothing and we pretty much just but that's that's it like literally all you had for the notes was the lion king soundtrack and that's all that was required like for forrest gump i had to go look stuff up (laughs) this is the power of disney and that's the power of the lion king (laughs) god billy mays here for the (laughs) lion king soundtrack Buy one now. Not one, not two, but five hit songs for your listening pleasure on one CD-ROM. God, I miss that, man. Yeah, uh, R.I.P. Billy Mays. Terrible. Okay. Andy Spotlight time? Yeah, let's do it. So the Spotlight, if you've been following our Instagram, I've been posting things. We've been posting things. Yeah, uh, you've been posting things. Hey, hey, it's a, it's a team effort. We've been posting about back to school. Uh, I posted some troll pencil toppers. Oh, I posted yeah. the space case. I'm talking yeah. like this, like I'm going to list more things, but I didn't post anything else. So <laughs> hey, we're just going to move there's on. There's still time. <laughs> like uh, like all good back to school shopping, at least a little bit of it happens after you're back in school. True. Oh shit, I needed one of these. All right, so let's get into it. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about school supplies and, uh, you know, that kind of shit. Remember gel pens? Oh, I, like, I never really used them. I thought they were so cool. Oh, they were super fucking cool, but I just, I didn't like the way that they wrote. Like, I didn't like the feeling. Oh, it didn't matter. Just the way it looked, and I liked the way it felt. Gel pens were invented in 1984 in Japan. By the late 90s, these were everywhere, and on everyone's back-to-school lists, I think, which were written with inferior ink pens... Or pencil. How dare you? So many bright colors. There were multicolor ones. Do you remember the rainbow marbled one that you just like, if you drew a line, it would be three different colors? HB2 for life. That was number two pencils. 
Another thing, as Connor posted uh, earlier on Instagram this week, no 90s back-to-school shopping trip would be complete without the Space Maker. Uh, I, that I got case. one of these a year for like a decade. Yeah, uh, just as every 90s, you know, just as every 90s end of the school year cleanup wouldn't be complete without tossing some of the shattered remains of this into the trash. Yeah, that's probably why you got one for every 10, every 10 years. That is, that is correct. 10 you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah, one every, one every year. New one every year. Yeah, because you needed it. Like Somehow I still great. have one intact. Yeah, yeah. They weren't great, but they were amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I want to continue? Okay, so um, I don't know if they're actually still around, but do you remember the push pencils? So it was like a, it was like a plastic pencil that had the little tips in them. Yeah. So you would like use it until the lead ran out and then pop it out and put it in the put back it in, and then it would put push it in the, the top and then push the new one out. Yeah, that was exactly it. Or, I didn't understand the purpose of those. Like I It seems like a lot to just the purpose, getting around a sharpener. No, the purpose is that you take something else and push all of them out and then you do that to about 3 pencils and then you have this and you kind of just put them together and then wiggle it around and you've got this snake. I actually I do remember that. Yeah, I remember now that you say it. Or just like I don't know, just fidgeting and kind of taking one out despite you've probably written 10 words with it, pop it in the back. So all of them would almost wear at a near uniform rate because you wouldn't uh yeah. Yeah. No. Or if you lost if you lost one and your pencil's broken. Oh, you're fucked. You can't, yeah. like, if you lose one of those stupid empty little endings, like, you can't use the damn pencil. You can try to, like, wedge some cardboard it's in it, but it just same. doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work quite as well. Our five-star binder is still a thing. I don't know. Can you still get those? Maybe. I, I haven't seen one in years. This, uh, this is gonna require some investigation. Okay, and another thing. Despite half your Space Maker pencil case, pencil box? Pencil, pencil case. Okay. Being used up by gel pens course you need some pencils yeah number two pencils uh and with that you need erasers there's the pink ones the white vinyl ones the ones with the fabled oh, pen, the pen eraser, the pen that, eraser. Was, that was bullshit i was all about the pink ones yeah and then those cute colorful ones that were animals and stuff but everyone they were had garbage. they were garbage yeah everyone had their choice of eraser what did you have oh pink all the way. Those, those are the best ones. Oh, uh, I got the i i like the white vinyl ones okay the pink ones probably were better but uh, the I'd have I'd get the pink one with the pen eraser, despite yeah I used it to get those too yeah yeah and then anytime there was a book uh, a book fair or whatever those were I'd probably buy some some shitty erasers those sh- like a you know a basketball or a soccer ball yeah or the fun a, ones a, a sun or a moon yeah um what else you know what I don't miss there? buying what? pencil crayons yeah like, do kids still obviously kids still buy pencil crayons hey. like they have you actually seen like new pencil crayons they are I much better they really? sharpen nicely okay that's that's good like that used to be a thing 90s pencil crayons like the laurentians did not sharpen very well they, i'm, they I'm sure that that's only a canadian thing but hey you had to you had to color those geography maps somehow that's true that's another thing i wonder how canadian that is because cover coloring 10 provinces two to three territories depending on a lot of water shading we're talking about yeah that's it's not a whole lot of but like 50 states that's a lot that's a lot to color yeah i don't even think there's 50 colors in any of these pencil uh pencil crayon things okay last point here 90s backpack i had i had the jan sports really yeah i didn't know jansport was around in the 90s oh, yeah. i don't remember them oh yeah uh i forget which brands i had usually cheaper ones do you remember in high school this was beyond the 90s we had the every, same backpack and every year we would go and get new ones yeah 
Yeah, it, it was, was like a once a year thing. It was like pencil case. Exactly, but uh, it was so wasteful because they were still good after one year. You usually. could usually get two or three years out of a backpack. Yeah. Yeah, uh, like I needed probably two of those for all of high school. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, one other thing that I want to mention, probably for those a little bit older than us, this wouldn't have affected us in the 90s, but a good calculator. That's something you probably Ooh. really needed when you entered high school. If you entered high school and towards the mid to the end, ni- end of the 90s, they were probably already pushing those TI-83s. I still have and use the calculator I had in high school. Yeah. Was it a TI-83? No, it wasn't a TI-83. It was like the the two-tiered screen. Oh, was it one of the Casio ones? Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, what I had. Like a, shit. Was, it was a scientific calculator, but not a graphing calculator. Yeah, that's, that's right. I love um, that thing. You know, if you guys think we're missing anything, what was on your back-to-school list in the 90s? Hit us up on Facebook, send us an email, whatever. If we get some responses to this, maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll come back to the... Like we said, you don't always get everything in your first pass of back-to-school shopping. Sometime in that first week or two, you gotta buy a little more. It's true. Yeah. Moving into our sponsorship segment. Every week on the show, we bring you a sponsor, sometimes real, sometimes fictitious, and we're getting back to our roots here fictitious stuck in the 90s is brought to you by the plastic tab on vhs tapes that you could break off so you can't record onto them anymore this was such a great technology if you had if you recorded some treasured memories on some sort of home camcorder or more than likely just recorded some episodes of some tv show you wanted to watch and you wanted to save them you wanted to make sure your brother your mother your father your aunt your cousin didn't these are all things i'm not really familiar with because i didn't have a big family Your shithead relatives yeah general shithead relatives shithead friends Ooh. if you wanted to make sure they couldn't record over these tapes you just broke off that little plastic tab and it is right protected and that is just an amazing piece of technology the fact that just tearing off this little tab makes it so you can't record onto this anymore uh i guess there was a little a little switch in your vcr that went into the hole that the breaking off the tab would create. And if it did that, it knew that you can't record over it anymore. That is pretty nifty. Yeah. On the tail side, Stuck in the 90s is also brought to you by the piece of tape you use to cover where the tab was if you wanted to record on that VHS again or on store-bought VHS tapes because why not? Also, yeah, on the exact flip side of this, if you wanted to record over that VHS tape... If you've watched that episode, that old episode of The Simpsons 20 times and you're good, you can just put a piece of tape over that and you can record on it again. This was something beautiful about magnetic tape cassettes. I'm pretty sure you could do this on cassette tapes as well, like audio cassettes. I'm pretty sure they had the same thing, another tab. I think that was a thing too. Yeah, and that's just so good. And it's something that we don't have. Well, I guess nowadays... We just have hard drives, we have flash drives, we have SSDs, and those are just... Not as fun. There is something... They're far more useful. Oh, definitely. But you're right. There's just something not quite as fun about them. And we here at Stuck in the 90s would just like to thank those little plastic tabs and these primitive write-protect technologies for just being really fucking neat. Pretty fucking neat. Yeah. All right, you can find us online. Our website is stuck in the 90s podcast.com. We are also on Facebook and Instagram at stuck in the 90s podcast. We're on Twitter at sit90s. We've been posting more. Summer is ending. We're kind of getting back into the rhythm of, you know, doing things. Doing the things that we're supposed to do. The rhythm of the night. 
the rhythm of the night. It's the circle of life. Yeah. Uh, Fuck, that's a good soundtrack. It really is. Yeah. Um, I think next week we have an actual sponsor to bring you, which is pretty exciting. All right. I hope I don't have to eat my words. Um, <laughs> you know what? Even if we don't, we will make up a real sounding sponsor. Ooh, yeah. So maybe we shouldn't be saying this just so people actually look it up. You know what? I think this will create intrigue. Ooh, it will. They'll want to know if our sponsor is real or not, so they'll be double interested in looking it up yeah you should probably download the podcast twice yeah that works download uh, multiple podcast yeah, apps yeah multiple podcast apps make I just a bunch of screen this names new one. Uh, download I, this show i i switched to uh something called player fm oh yeah, yeah yeah i like it it's pretty good it is pretty good yeah so if, um, you're, if you're if you're one of those people who listens to us on a computer and you have an android phone and you haven't gotten over that i don't have an iphone but i want to listen to podcasts barrier Give Player FM a try, or literally just search podcast in the Google Play Store. You'll find something you like. I have an iPhone, so this is not a problem. All right, next week, we're doing a week. Next week's a week. It's probably September. It's probably in the 90s. Leaves are changing. We'll be back next week, though. We'll we'll see you then. Yeah. For now. The podcast is is now now over. over.